Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water With Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Well, welcome to the podcast, JL. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. I could, uh, there's not a better way to spend 1030 PM with somebody. I'm thrilled to be here. That's what time is in Ireland right now. I'm in in Ireland. Ireland. I'm up on the, yes, the northernmost part. Um, I can actually be on the northernmost coast in about 15 minutes. Wow. That is so cool. That is so fun. So what led you to Ireland? Well, right now, um, my family is doing this really weird thing. And so for the course of the next three years, we are living nomadically. So we're kind of slowly moving our way around the world. And every few months, we live in a new place. Uh, It's crazy. And it's a long story how we ended up here. Um, But it was just this opportunity that we had and we seized it. We thought it would be incredible for our kids and great for our family. My husband and I are both creatives and writers. And uh, we thought, you know, we're never going to get a chance like this again. We should do it. That is so cool. So are you picking like just where y'all want to go? It's like we're going to live here for a few months and then we want to go here. Like you're picking all of it. We are. We're picking it. I mean, some of it is based on... uh, cost. So we want to do this as affordably as possible. So we try to stay for a long time and um, we try to make sure the plane ticket isn't ridiculous and Mm -hmm. uh, try to coordinate things to where they're close to one another. But in general, yeah, we are just where we want to be. And uh, Ireland is a place we've always wanted to be. So we're loving it. That Our kids, so like, cool. we're part of a church while we're here. We're, we have tried to do that, really plug into churches everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird that my kids go to a Northern Irish youth group. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I bet they yeah. have, like, such, they'll have such fun stories from that. And it's so hard oh, to yeah. get, like, truly plugged in to a place, like, in that amount of time. But I'm sure y'all have found, like, the key to it. You know, it's like, you just got to dive right in. I'm sure. huh? That's it. I mean, you just got to show up. You got to stay till every person leaves the building. I mean, Mm. last Sunday was our third Sunday at this church and my husband was serving the potluck meal. (laughs) So it's just, you do it. You just show up and you say, I'm here. You're my brothers and sisters. And you know, yeah, you can't get super rooted, but I think for those of us who are living a kingdom life, we really believe in an eternal family. Yeah, And so all these people I'm meeting in all these places, I'm going to live with forever one day and we'll get to know one another even more than, so I just feel like these are beginnings of friendships that will last my whole forever life. Yeah. That is so cool. I love that. And how old are your kids? They're 12 and 13. We basically just yanked them out of middle school because (laughs) middle school is terrible. (laughs) I love that. What that? What a better time to yank kids Yes, out. don't we all wish our parents Ooh. had protected us from middle school? Yes, like, let's just go travel the world and not deal with the horribleness of middle school. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. amazing. So y'all are homeschooling while you're on this journey, I'm guessing. Yes? We are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and That's I've been able great. to do that half and half with my husband, which makes it so much more doable. He is their favorite teacher, uh, but I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'm fine. I I teach the worst subject. So I'm the algebra teacher. You're like, I've been set up for failure. That's rude. Yeah. Yeah. I accept it. 
<laughs> You're like, it's fine. I'll be the bad mom. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. And so you also are writing and coming out with new things along the way. So tell us about your new book. My new book is called Look to Love, A Better Way to Read the Bible. Um, and really, it's about uh, how to fall in love with God. Mm. Um, I, you know, I'm excited to be on this podcast, particularly because your listeners are in their 20s. Yeah. And I wish I'd had this book when I was a younger woman. Um, I wish that I had been building my adult faith on this foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, because for so many of us, like cr- the Christian life, like that big category, whatever that looks like, um, it's built on a lot of different things. Sometimes it's built on obligation. Sometimes it's built on fear. Sometimes it's built on tradition. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it is all kinds of things that we might decide that this is the reason why I'm going to have a strong Christian faith. But so rarely is it built on a genuine, deep love for God? Mm. I think a lot of us appreciate and welcome God's love. And yeah. we're taught to do that. Like we, And that can be hard for so many of us to accept his love. Mm. Um, but it's, it's not just that we need to accept his love. It's that then loving him back, that is the beginning of a beautiful life with God. Mm. And for a lot of us, we try everything. We try to follow him before we love him. Mm. And so we're trying to keep the commands and we're trying to do all the good Christian things and we're trying to love people and we're trying to do it all, all of it really just out of like a respect for God mm-hmm. or a fear okay. of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And check and the box. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, we just want to, we, we know he's God and that he's in charge and we want to do what we're supposed to do because we want to be good people. Mm-hmm. But, but when you go back, right. And you look at like, so Jesus says, he says the first and greatest command, what is it? It's to love God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's so that's the most important command. I think that's the way we think of it, mm-hmm. but that's not exactly what he says. He says, it's the first command. And the greatest command. And I think that first matters because it's it's about order. He says, yeah. this is the seed command. Mm-hmm. You get this command right. And it's like dominoes. All the other ones just fall down. They're easier. You can do all the other stuff if mm-hmm. you start by just loving God back. Mm-hmm. And, and in this book, I talk about how to fall in love with him by looking at him uh, in scripture. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this example, like this, this idea, right, that somehow loving him would make everything else easier, um, that has been foundational for me. And that's the thing I just really want people to get to enjoy because the Christian life is a gift. Like it's abundant life. It's extraordinary. It's mm-hmm. it's light and love and it's beautiful. Um, and I'm like crazy passionate about following Jesus. And I look around and I see so many people in the churches I go to who mm. just like, they don't look all that excited about it. Mm. And I think it's because they miss this love part. Um, mm. When my daughter was, when my daughter turned two, we had this big birthday party for her and uh, it was like a horse themed birthday party. And like, we got an actual horse to be there that she could ride. And I made this, you know, like I went all out stupid Pinterest mom on this thing. (laughs) And I had like a trough with trail mix and these burlap bags I hand sewed and like little 
tags and cowgirl font on horses for all her friends. And I made these heads for <laughs> stick horses that they could design. Anyway, all I'm up to like three in the morning, clean my house, getting ready for this party. I wake up, I am exhausted the day of her birthday party. And she comes around the corner on this horse and she is beaming. <laughs> and, and I remember that moment and thinking like, I would do it all again. Mm. I, I even loved it while I was doing it. Like I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't up late thinking, oh, I'm a stupid kid. Right. <laughs> I wasn't thinking, oh, the obligations of being a mother, <laughs> you know, I just got to do it. I loved it. I, yeah. I was having the best time. I just felt like I'd self-actualized somehow. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I got the chance to love this kid. That mm-hmm. for me has been the Christian life. Uh, mm-hmm. that it's it's been this opportunity to get to love him. Mm-hmm. And so when I serve God, it's out of joy and delight because he's the delight of my heart. He's the desire of my heart. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever I can do with him or for him or partnered with him, whatever, it's, it's a joy and it's mm-hmm. easier than it is if I'm doing it just because I'm supposed to or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's really the root of this book. And then I spend the the bulk of it uh, teaching you how to fall in love because mm. science says, hey, there are actual ways that you can go about intentionally falling in love with a mm. person. And so I take some of those principles from science and I use them uh, for Bible study. Wow, that's really cool. I've never, I mean, I, you know, never really thought about it, I guess, in that sense of like, what could be missing a lot of times in that um, excitement for the faith and things like that could be a lack of just like loving him, you know, like an actual genuine love back because we can, we can know that that's him towards us, that he loves us Mm -hmm. unconditionally and in a love we will never truly be able to understand, but then Mm -hmm. extending that back is a whole other side. So you know, can you kind of go into a little bit of that, like science that you're talking about behind, like, how does that, how does that look? Like, what does that even really mean to extend that back? Okay. So on the how to fall in love with God part, um, and Mm -hmm. and what I've learned from science here, I found this study, it it was made famous a few years back in the modern love column in the New York times. Uh, and it was this study by this guy, uh, Dr. Aaron, and he had basically said, Hey, I figured out how to make people fall in love. Mm -hmm. And he did this experiment where he would bring strangers into a room and he would have them go through this experiment. And then he had a significantly high success rate and hmm. making people fall in love, end up in long-term relationships. Uh, one of the first couples that did this experiment got married within a year of their experiment. Wow. So the experiment was this. So they walk into a room, these two people sit across from one another, and they ask each other 36 increasingly intimate questions about each other. That's it. So you hmm. just ask, one person asks, and then they answer, and then the other person asks, and they answer, and you go back and forth through these questions. And the questions are good. They're revealing about who you actually are, mm-hmm. right? So you work your way through the questions, and then at the end, this is the weird part, you stare at one another for four minutes. <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. You look into each other's <laughs> eyes for four minutes. That's like okay. a long time in staring world. <laughs> Oh, it's totally a long time. And the article I read was a lady uh, who was actually doing this on a 
uh, wasn't even a date. Like she'd met this guy at a bar and on a whim, they started doing this. And they actually did the four minutes thing on this first night. They'd met each other. <laughs> um, weird, but what's the principle at work here? It's seeing mm. and being seen. It's taking the time to actually look at someone. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Listen to them when they tell you, right? And then sharing yourself, being vulnerable yourself and being willing to be seen. Mm-hmm. I think so many of us come to scripture um, looking for something for ourselves. We're very selfish readers. And we don't really think about the idea of coming to scripture to pay attention to God, mm-hmm. like to just gaze at him. And this is David's whole thing. Like, I mean, you read the Psalms and you find David over and over again, talking about gazing at God or Mm -hmm. just dwelling with God or just looking at God. Um, David has this practice of paying attention to him. Mm -hmm. And when you read the Psalms, so many of them are just descriptions of what he saw when he looked at God, God, Mm -hmm. you are this God, you are that. Um, I, you know, before a few years back, I don't think I did this very often. I didn't open up my Bible and say, hey, God, who are you? I want to see you today. Mm-hmm. God, let me look at you today. But when I read that article about that, that study, I immediately thought, oh, wow, the Bible, that's God's answer to the 36 questions. Mm-hmm. It's God sitting down and saying, here's who I am. I mean, in, in scripture, God tells us who he's loved God tells us who broke his heart. God tells us his favorite memories. Um, I mean, it's just this huge picture of him in his most vulnerable state. And that is just so fascinating to me that the God of the universe is like, hey, I'd like it if you'd look at me. (laughs) That just seems so tender. Right, right. And, And when you do, If you will take the time to actually sit down and look at him, you find, oh, wow, I'm falling in love because Mm -hmm. that is the root of love. It's attention. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the poster you put on your wall when you were in eighth grade or Mm -hmm. right. Or maybe uh, if you're a single lady in your 20s, it's the the phone, whoever's on your phone. uh, Yeah. Wallpaper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's uh, it's. It's who you're looking at is who you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's like in a Timothée Chalamet thing. And mm-hmm. we have to like control how often we look at YouTube videos of, of him. Uh, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, your yep. heart mm-hmm. goes where your attention goes. Yeah. And so that's, that's the principle here. And as we try to read scripture to fall in love with God, mm-hmm. um, it's, hey, let's look at him. Let's intentionally, every time we come to scripture, the first question we ask mm-hmm. is, who is God here? What do I learn about him? What do I know about him? And in knowing about him, we fall in love. And then later we can ask questions like, what should I do? Or what would be good for me? But Mm -hmm. the first way to read the Bible, the greatest way to read the Bible is Mm -hmm. looking to love. Mm, That's so beautiful. And it's, you know, when you first talked about that, I'm thinking of, you know, everything else that we look at instead of God, you know, Uh like how we are constantly you know, we're in an age of distraction, right? So, you know, every moment almost has to be filled with something, looking usually at something, most of the time being screens, you know? And so 
and and I'm preaching to the choir here of like recognizing those those areas where it's like or those small moments when you want to reach for a phone or you want to you know I'm just gonna sit here and mindlessly watch TV or whatever it is you know and not to say that it's like no instead you shouldn't look at anything except for God all day long you know it's like that's not like actually possible right but we can see right. him in so many ways in so many moments throughout the day if we choose that right so Mm -hmm. then I guess you know especially as 20 somethings and the generation even upcoming and even you know just all of us are really really influenced by um distractions around us so Mm -hmm. maybe you want to talk a little bit into that of like what you're seeing about how we can just mute the world <laughs> in order to see the Lord. Oh, you're totally right. I mean, this is the principle with Peter on the water, right? It's it's mm. something that um, Paul will talk about later. I mean, if focus is required because distraction is constant. Mm. And, um, you know, yeah. for us, it's screens. And perhaps that's more than it's been for other people in history. But I got to think that there have always been things that were pulling people's attention away from God. True, true. Um, but for us and for our screens, I think one of the first steps is um, you're not going to want to look at God right away. You have to develop an appetite for looking at God. So I'm a big Diet Coke fan. Okay, I love Diet Coke. I drink way too much Diet Coke. But Diet <laughs> Coke isn't objectively delicious. <laughs> right. It's the kind of thing that the first time you have a sip of it, you're like, that's just nasty Coke. And <laughs> it takes a while before you actually like it. But then you've had it and you realize, no, I like this and you want more of it. Um, now, frankly, God is objectively delicious, um, <laughs> but but he's a new taste to so many of us. He's not what we're used to. And, you know, he doesn't provide quick hits of endorphins or any of that. I mean, he can, he can be uh, slow. And so he's not going to be the thing that, that immediately tastes good to us or that we Mm -hmm. crave immediately. And so that's why it's so important in the front end to just devote time where you're distraction free. Mm -hmm. I think you have to put the phone down and turn off your computer and turn off Netflix or whatever. You have to put it all away Mm -hmm. and just, focus. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and you're just not going to be able to see if you've got all these other things competing for your attention. So Mm -hmm. that'd be where I'd start is just with some intentional devoted time. And you know what, just like set an alarm on your phone. Mm -hmm. And I know with my kids, like I can put various things in their phone that will turn their phone off for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Do that. Like just Mm -hmm. figure out some way to just make your phone unusable Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes every day. Um, Mm -hmm. And and whatever time that is for you, whatever works, that's awesome. Uh, But I do think that's a first step and it won't be necessary forever because eventually you'll just have this appetite for him and Mm -hmm. you'll want to look at him more than you want to look at anybody else. I mean, this is the way it is for me with my husband, right? When I go to a party or I walk into a crowded room, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for him. He's the first thing I'm looking for. I want to know where is he in this room, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and my eyes just craving him. It's looking for him. And Mm -hmm. that's the way you get with God. Like the more you love him, the more you just start looking for him everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so you're not just seeing him in your 30 minutes of scripture time, right? Now you're seeing him in the kids in your third grade class. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing him in a text from your mom. Now you're seeing him 
in the view out your window, right? And you start to see him more and more and more because you're looking for him because you want him because you Mm -hmm. love him. Mm -hmm. That is so great. And you're right. There's those little moments throughout the day that really, you know, can point you to him if you're, if you're looking, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're looking for him. Um, and I'm thinking of a, um, just something that a Bible teacher at my church said where I'm studying Romans right now. And Mm. we were talking about how, um, you know, what makes you fall in love with God more, you know, what is it that you think back, like in your life or the big moments or, or what is it around you or what, uh, causes you to fall in love with God more? Like what yeah. are those things? And it's a really good reflection. I, w- I would like to know kind of for you, like, what does that look like for you? Well, I mean, part of the reason why I wrote a book about Bible study is because that's my jam. And mm-hmm. I have always, um, that's been a place where I just like being with him, but I'm a book reader. I've, I was a college English teacher for years. Um, mm-hmm. I was a newspaper reporter, and, you know, books are my words are my thing. Words yeah. are my love language. Love um, and so I definitely encounter him there. And that's why I make a good guide helping other mm-hmm. people encounter him there. Uh, but other places, um, nature is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love seeing him in beautiful places. That's been one of the most fun parts of traveling all over the place mm-hmm. as we try to anchor ourselves where we can take a walk every day and it's just gorgeous outside. Um, and so I, I feel like I can connect to his power and his beauty and his gentleness and his wildness and all of that in nature. I think another place that I really love, I, you know, I never, God doesn't owe me this but so often he provides it. You know, you have some of those things in life. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know he doesn't owe me this, but I love it when he shows up this way. Um, I really love seeing God in like those romantic gestures of coincidence Mm -hmm. and delight. Mm -hmm. Um, And he does that a lot in scripture. One of my favorite ones is when he does it for Peter. So the first time Jesus and Peter meet is the catch of miraculous fish. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when like Jesus calls him and, um, and Peter like falls to the boat and his face is like mm-hmm. in fish in that moment. It's so cool. Uh, and then in the end of, of the book of John, um, when Peter has betrayed Jesus and there's mm-hmm. this rift in their relationship and Peter's probably wondering like, you know, how, how is this going to go down? Does he still love me? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Jesus, right. appears on the shore. And he creates another catch of fish, right? It's another miraculous Mm. fish. I mean, this is something that has never happened to Peter. That's Mm. never happened to anyone ever before. And now it's happened to Peter twice. Why is that? This is just Jesus recreating his meat with Peter. (laughs) Which to me is just like, what? God does that? He's it's like, so don't you remember personal. what I did for you, Peter? Like, come on, don't yes. you remember that? <laughs> yes, I love you, right? Look at, yes. look at me loving you. Yes. And, oh, man. And he'll do that for me sometimes. You know, there'll just mm-hmm. be moments where I realize I'm standing in the exact same place I was standing 10 years ago when this exact same thing was happening to me. And I realized mm-hmm. that it's not a coincidence, you know, mm-hmm. like he's put me here to remind me that he's taking care of me and he's with me. Uh, those moments are some of my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. And I love that. I'm thinking of, I don't know if you've been watching The Chosen, but there's um, there's an episode for that moment with Peter. Um, is and, so, and when Jesus does, yeah, does that miracle and it's 
it's pretty awesome. It just puts a, I'm such a visual uh, learner. And so mm-hmm. seeing it is, is really cool. So if you haven't watched it, you should. I need to check it out. <laughs> it's like the latest and greatest. I'm sure you're like, oh, I've already heard that from 5,000 people. On that. <laughs> well, you know, um, it's interesting. So the reason I don't watch it is because my husband has a narrative storytelling podcast and it's in the Old Testament. Okay. But we both know eventually he'll do New Testament stuff. And I just don't want to get in my head the way they do the story. Right. Because I know we're going to need to like write the story again. And I don't want to use all the same stuff. That's you true. Know? That's true. Okay. <laughs> but I like feel like I'm denying myself something I really, really would love. So right. it's a hard, it's a hard line to walk. It's okay. You can wait it out. Wait it out. I'll Watch wait. Later. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> There's time. No worries. <laughs> you can just read about it in the actual word of God until then. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> it's good so, there too. So speaking of watching The Chosen, I always like to ask my guests, like, what are you reading, watching, listening to? Those kind of things. Okay. Um, well, frankly, like when you're writing a book and getting it out there, you don't have a ton of time for much yeah. of anything. Yeah. Um, but I will say, and I am shamelessly plugging this because it's the best thing. It, I love it. Is my husband's mm-hmm. podcast. It's called Holy Ghost Stories. And it's mm-hmm. like a movie, um, like, I mean, it's a movie for your ears uh, of so the cool. Old Testament stories. And what I love about it is that it's like spooky and dark. Mm-hmm. Like those stories are like the Old Testament. We always like making kid stories. Right. And so we make them happy and delightful. They are right. not happy. And they're not delightful. Oh. And a lot of people die and get <laughs> raped and that kind of thing. Yeah. So he goes ahead and leans in and lets them be uh, the way mm. they are. Anyway, they're fantastic. They're like perfect. They're scored. Um, they're beautiful. So that Holy Ghost so stories. Cool. That's what okay. I'm listening to. Yeah. The last one was on Saul and the Witch of Endor and mm. released for Halloween. And it has this like cello, original cello score. It's gorgeous. That's okay. Awesome. So that's what I'm listening to. What am I reading? Uh, I'm reading that book, Circe, and it is a fictional retelling of the story. I mean, the Greek gods were fiction, but <laughs> it's a retelling of, of her story. She's the one who um, captivates Odysseus. And so yeah, yeah. I'm about halfway through that, loving that. Um, cool. So that's two things that I'm watching mm-hmm. and I'm reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've it. also been like fascinated and delighted by Beth Moore lately. And I know mm-hmm. everybody is probably, um, but I Always, just love yeah. watching somebody <laughs> go through something publicly difficult with so much class and Mm. grace and authority and humility. Um, That's, I mean, that's my prayer for myself is that I would always Mm. have that much authority and confidence in the spirit of God Mm. and that much humility in my own humanity. Yeah. Um, That's a hard tension to manage sometimes, but I think she's just nailing it. Mm -hmm. Yes. As always. (laughs) And do you have any just like last encouragement for specifically maybe my listeners just, you know, in their 20s? I don't know if there's something that you're like, yes, I want them to know this or just something that you kind of wish you you had known. Okay. I'll talk to two different categories of your readers real quick. Yeah. So the first category is what I was um, when I was in my 20s. I had already been married. I got married at 19. Nice. Um, and, and somebody, my, my friends who also got married that young had little kids in that season. Um, mm. and, and it's a weird thing to have to be building a family or a marriage while you're also learning who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say, 
make sure you, and this works, honestly, if you're single too, this season, your twenties, make sure you are prioritizing your relationship with God and understanding yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to know who you are. What are the flaws that are in there? What are the ways Mm -hmm. you're messed up that you haven't figured out yet? Um, You know, how, how have the difficult things in your life shaped you or misshaped you over these Mm -hmm. years? Like doing the work of really building a solid relationship with God, Mm -hmm. really falling in love with him. um, And, and really like, being accountable for your own junk. Mm-hmm. If you can get that done at the end of your twenties and you walk into your thirties, a whole person fully devoted to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are going to be on fire, mm-hmm. but it's so hard during your twenties. Cause you feel like you're putting out fires all the time. <laughs> it feels like yes. your life is a fire. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'll tell you, it, it's, everything's always going to seem urgent, like all the drama with your friends or with relationships, like all of that is always going to seem urgent. And so right. you're going to give your attention to it, but don't give mm-hmm. your attention to the deep stuff, the hard stuff, the stuff that's long-term, um, mm-hmm. because this is a great time to build something. And if you can build a great foundation right now, you are just going to be so thankful when you're my age mm-hmm. and you look back and you think, man, like my kids are better because I spent those years becoming a better person. Yeah. Um, my marriage is better. Like my work is good and, and I'm not motivated by weird things. Um, you know, every moment you invest right now uh, mm-hmm. in, in loving God and in becoming the person who he wants you to be is time mm-hmm. well spent. That's great. I love that. Thank you for that encouragement. That's awesome. And then lastly, will you tell us just, What's refreshing you these days? Anything that's like just giving you life? Refreshing. Okay. Uh, Magnum bars. Oh, they okay. are chocolate uh, ice cream with a vanilla ice yes. cream covered in chocolate and almonds, yes. but they're like a European thing and mm-hmm. you can't find them so much in the States. Uh, loving mm-hmm. those, you know, when it's Absolutely. been a long day and I need to just chill out. A Magnum bar will Magnum do it. Bar. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, I like the whole world and really enjoying Ted Lasso. Yeah. It makes me happy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All the Halloween Ted Lassos. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, the hilarious thing is I am in so many ways Roy Kent without cussing. Um, (laughs) but all of it's like hidden inside because I'm nice on the outside but all that anger sometimes is deep down in there (laughs) right I know that's like what I keep hearing I'm like I love Ted Lasso don't condone the language I know I I don't condone the language not at all um but you know what like I think the show does a great job of saying hey we're not like it's a problem that Roy has this language issue it's an anger issue like right so (laughs) no one's condoning it right right no but still the character development on the show is oh man yes (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on today jail and i just um am so thankful for your encouragement and love what you wrote about i think it's such you know something different and a new take on you know learning what it looks like to love so it's so awesome thank you so much Thanks for having me, Emma. It was a delight to get to meet you. Yes, you too.